Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anthony and Todd show. As always, I'm your host Trevor. And I'm Vincent. And today we're going to be talking about a couple of albums that have come out this year. Actually, some of the more recent albums that have come out this year that we're super excited to share with you. Uh, first up is the new JPEG Mafia record LP, specifically the offline version that I mentioned in the review you have to buy from your local farmer's market. You can't find it anywhere online. Yeah. And if you put it online, the FBI is going to get you. <laughs> because those samples aren't cleared. No, they will get you for listening to Hazard Duty Pay. On a side note, somebody somebody uploaded Hazard Duty Pay onto Spotify, just like some random guy, and it was on my <laughs> Discover Weekly. <laughs> I think it's really funny. <laughs> Spotify doesn't like check a lot of times, especially with their like podcasts. Oh, like, I know. I found like um, Nostalgia Ultra was on yeah. as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, next, we got the latest Lil Ugly Mane album, which is actually released under Lil Ugly Mane's name, uh, Volcanic Bird Enemy and The Voice Concern. Tag yourself. I am The Voice Concern. <laughs> I probably will not remember this album name as soon as we stop this recording this episode. I will forget it. I don't see any too many voice words. concerns on the album cover, but I definitely <laughs> see The Volcanic Bird Enemy. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't have any magma. How can it be volcanic? It's hiding. It's under the feathers. And uh, finally, this week we're covering the latest Z Loopers project, Van Gogh's Left Ear. Although knowing Z Loopers, it probably won't be the latest Z Loopers project immediately after this podcast comes out. He will drop like fifteen tracks of him like gibberishly reading the phone book, and it will be great. <laughs> and I will. I like it anyways. <laughs> and without further ado, the reviews. Go for it. JPEG Mafia, LP. For the past couple of years, JPEG Mafia has consistently been one of the most exciting names in the hip-hop field. After absolutely loving Veteran in 2018 and following up with All My Heroes Are Cornballs in 2019, I'm always excited for a new Peggy release. And it feels like Peggy was more excited for this one, too. After getting a pair of EPs made up of loose singles from 2020 and 21, it sounded like Peggy was going to go in a more pop and R&B-inspired direction, especially with songs like Fix Yourself and Last Dance. Truthfully, after hearing Peggy on the Gorillaz bonus track MLS with Chai from last year, I was all for it. Anything was possible, as far as I was concerned. And for the most part, I'm not sure LP goes that deep into the territory, but it definitely has a lot more sample work than previous efforts. Lyrically, LP is much different from what Peggy has released in the past. Many lyrics are about not being forced or strong-armed into something you don't want to do, and I think this is a direct influence from his own life. LP is Peggy's last album under his contract with EQT Recordings, and as he mentions on his Bandcamp page, everyone he's met on this label journey has not had his best interest at heart. Overall, LP feels like Peggy just letting go of all inhibitions, is as glitchy and loud as ever, and to great results. LP is the most unpredictable, defiant, and chaotic JPEG Mafia album. 
but at the same time, it's the most intimate album he's put out to date. He doesn't settle for anything, especially on the offline version. He lets the audience into his head and shows everything. The braggadocious highs and the glitchy lows of the album. However, it's the effort shown across to dig deeper into the dark web underbelly and find new experimental sounds on both those sides that make this album. The only consistent thing about this album is the effort into pushing the boundaries to unseen territory. Piggy's music has always been about being different. This time it feels like a victory lap and a middle finger, as he celebrates getting this far with the style he has. Even though he's more comfortable with his career, he isn't going to take anything sitting down. This album hectically starts with Trust, which feels like there's 20 layers of separate drum and synth tracks that are stacked on top of each other, manically racing through this track as Piggy Lee calmly holds composure in the digital chaos. Followed by the chirping distortion of bells on Dirty, where JPEG laments on setting out on his own path, and that he doesn't have to adhere to anyone but himself. Also while dropping one of the funniest lines of the year with, Two Sigs, Big Pun, and Fat Joe, they're twins. <laughs> <laughs> the next track, Nemo, is very skeletal, featuring only these really bubbly synths, minimal drums, and Peggy delivering lines reminiscent of XXX Tentacion during his double XL cipher, the one where he like kneels on the ground and <laughs> like whispers into the mic. <laughs> he has a really angry but subdued tone, like he's raging mad but trying to keep it all together. And the difference between the bright synths and Peggy's biting bars is crazy and makes this track even more enjoyable. End credits features the now infamous Arn Anderson Glock promo from AEW Dynamite, where he goes off on being more ruthless than Cody Rhodes and mentions that if someone tried to carjack him, he would just pull out the Glock and shoot them. The intro is perfect because it's in your face, but at the same time feels pretty boomerish and strange. Like Peggy's ironically sampling it, matching that perfect on-the-nose energy Peggy brings to the table. This promo is built on top of Cutthroat Guitar, but it's Peggy's later verse that cuts even deeper, sounding like he has a manic out-of-body experience rushing through the track as quick and brutal as he can, trying to cause the most destruction as he stomps through. Hazard Duty Pay is one of my favorite tracks on this album. It's a very uplifting R&B sample from the Winans, turned into a saturated and hyperactive victory lap from Peggy. This is the most confident Peggy has seemed on a track, just celebrating that he made it and that he doesn't have anything left to prove. He can just be himself. The music video matches the tone perfectly as Piggy just dances in an alleyway through a pretty intense fisheye lens. The most JPEG Mafia type of visual to date for a track where we see the best version of Piggy that we've seen to date. To me personally, Hazard Duty Pay represents a change in Peggy, and I think it really shows his dedication to his fans no matter what his label might say. Like even after the sample clearance issues, he still made sure that this offline version was offered so we could still hear this track. You can only get the offline version if the traveling merchant comes to your town every Monday afternoon. <laughs> can, you, think, can you get it with, uh, what is it, beats? <laughs> yes. <laughs> turnips, that's what it is. You can yeah. sell your turnips to them. <laughs> Peggy sounds triumphant and confident over the smooth soul sample, and it's really the most traditional sounding beat that we've ever heard Peggy over, and he still manages to bring his own flavor and flair to the table. That's what I really like about the sample work on this album. I also really love the pair of tracks Thoughts, Prayer, and Are You Happy, continuing to show his love for 2000s pop like he does by interpolating TLC's No Scrubs on All My Heroes. Peggy now sings some Britney Spears on Thoughts, Prayer. His interpolation of Baby One More Time takes on a more somber undertone with the instrumental. Then moving on to Are You Happy, which samples from the Galaxy to Galaxy song Transition. The sample here has this man asking a woman a bunch of different questions like, 
Are you happy with the people around you? Are you happy with what you're doing? Are you happy with yourself and your life? In knowing the story of LP, it's pretty clear that Peggy is doing a little bit of projection here. As he stated, he wasn't happy in his contract, and now that he's free to make whatever music he wants and say what he wants, he can take shots at his label and reflect freely on his time over the past four years. Rebound is lo-fi ringing percussion turned into a grand anthem with a triumphant horn sample and thick bass. The muffled feature from Dat Piff Mafia makes the track feel even more like a strange deep cut lost somewhere on the internet, with Peggy just gliding through sounding impervious to any diss or criticism that anyone tries to throw at him. Anything directed on him just gets rebounded off. Followed later by OG, which starts off with a sample from MC Just Ice and beatboxer Human DMX. Heavy drums are placed over the mix, making the loop hypnotic, placing the audience into a tranche. Peggy basically just has his work cut out from him at the point, just effortlessly stacking on top of the instrumental perfectly, continuing to sound indestructible and unattainable. The track BMT is all about uh, Peggy, how he loves Subway sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that one of the sandwiches there? Italian BMT. Italian BMT. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually uh, it's actually built on military calls and marching, and it's super aggressive, calling to mind Peggy's own past experience in the Air Force. He just is blaring over this really aggressive-sounding backdrop. Then The Ghost of Ranking Dread is one of Peggy's more melodic tracks on here. I really enjoyed TK Mines' atmospheric vocals that work to create this dreamlike feeling. Being born to Jamaican parents, Peggy says he's greatly influenced by the reggae artist he listened to with his father as a child, and in this song, he suggests that the ghost of reggae artist Ranking Dread lives on through him and his music. The hazy quality of the song lends itself well to this idea, and on the online version of the album, it serves as a really good definitive closer to the whole project. Before you get two different versions of Bald. Those which, are just bonus. <laughs> which, going back to our story of how last year Spotify, the algorithm for some reason, every time we would like end an album or something like that, me and Trevor would just get Bald played for some reason. Um, and I think that's perfect for this version because once you just get to the end of the album, you just get bald twice and it's unavoidable. <laughs> They're right next to each other too. I don't know. I don't know who set that up or why they needed both versions and why they're like literally track back to back. <laughs> This album is a true testament to going down your own route, because in the end, when you find yourself, it's completely unique and unlike anything we've ever heard before. Peggy doesn't sound like anyone else because he doesn't try to be anyone else. The whole album is coded in personality, and everything he delivers on here is a shining self-reflection of all the elements that make JPEG Mafia, JPEG Mafia. Ouch. Lil Ugly Mane, Volcanic Bird Enemy and The Voiced Concern. So often in the music world, we see artists try to reinvent themselves and or run away from the genres that have made them popular. For example, Taylor Swift transitioned from country darling to pop superstar. MGK literally rose from the dead after being murdered by Eminem, only to pick up making pop punk music and to much critical success. And Justin Bieber, who easily could have been forgotten as a preteen idol in the early 2010s, recruited the help of Skrillex to completely rewrite his sound and continues to be one of the dominating forces in the pop field today. And such is the story of Richmond, Virginia rapper and producer Travis Miller, better known as Lil Ugly Mane. I've seen Lil Ugly Mane's name crop up countless times throughout the years. His debut album from 2012, Mr. Thug Isolation, has come up in conversations as one of the greatest hip-hop projects of all time. 
and in more recent years, he's been a featured artist on tracks from Denzel Curry, Wiki, and Yorl Droog. Over the years, Ugly Mane has released projects under different pseudonyms, spanning genres from noise rock to black metal to industrial... But try as he may, he always seemed to get sucked back into the hip-hop scene. This attempt to outrun these genre barriers are all the more obvious than ever on his latest surprise indie rock album, Volcanic Bird Enemy and the Voice Concern. This album uses 90s alternative elements and traditional hypnagogic pop aesthetic to add a level of nostalgia to the album. This allows the audience to connect to Travis's sentimentality, and the wide variety of styles feel like the creative equivalent to coloring outside of the lines. There's a childlike wonder to it, but it's messy and overwhelming. This allows the album to be harsh and melancholic, but at the same time bright and colorful. A great example of this is Bird Enemy Car. The opening instrumental sits in a depression, despite having many strained samples and moments of instrumentation pop out. Starting off with warp and dusty keys that feel like they're ripped from a record you got at Goodwill, being built upon with strings and drums to build a grand and beautiful introduction. The consistent sample of a woman saying, Who are you? feels like it places the track inside Travis's head as he's trying to figure out not only himself, but his style. The synths before the outro feel as if the consistent thinking of his identity has finally broken Travis, setting up the direction of the album as he loses himself in so many styles and sounds while trying to find himself. My personal favorite thing about Volcanic Bird is Ugly Mane's inability to run away from hip-hop. Ugly Mane hasn't swapped out everything for a full backing rock band, much in the way someone like MGK did, but instead incorporates his electronic and hip-hop sounds into rock music. He sings over manufactured guitar loops, interspersed with samples and glitchy effects. I think through his rap background, Ugly Man is able to fuse the two genres in a really fun and unique way. He's also evidently not afraid to sample anything. The second track, With Iron and Bleach and Accidents, reminds me a lot of the Avalanche's 2016 album Wildflower, specifically the track The Wazard of Is. Iron and Bleach has this very light and childlike music box sample with vocal snippets and whistling that sounds like it was pulled straight from The Wizard of Oz. A later track, Bold Futile Flavor, apparently contains samples from an old Soviet cartoon. And the song Styrofoam in and of itself is a weird track, and that it drops all elements of hip-hop or rock completely. It opens with a voiceover from the devil in what sounds like an old Fleischer Brothers cartoon, then taking on a folk or ragtime sound, complete with a warm static in the background like you hear on an old record. The instrumental sounds like it was pulled straight from Over the Garden Wall or Cuphead, while Ugly Mane's alternative vocals stay very modern and dry over the top, creating this weird juxtaposition. Benadryl Submarine is weirdly a perfect alternative hit. A grungy, distant guitar lingers in the mix, constantly crashing with harsh direct synths and bright bells, creating a contrast that is the perfect environment for Travis's flat performance. It feels like he's so overwhelmed by everything that the most he can deliver is this minimal direct performance, and it works perfectly to craft one of the most catchy and memorable tracks of the year. Human Fly has these very pitchy and misshapen synths that put everything in the shadows, totally crafting this absurd place where Travis exclaims that he feels swatted at like a fly putting him in an overwhelmed state again he's just some small insignificant thing that can be crushed by anything around him later followed on by hostage master which contains light bubbling percussion that sets a perfect pace for the track while travis's vocal performances go at a snail's pace the instrumentation is able to be the crutch to support the track as he unsteadily lips through followed by beach hardness which feels like little ugly man is completely absent from the point of the track is to show you the world of the album without travis over top and how beautiful it is but at the same time hectic and tough to follow. The unstable drum breakdown of the hook meshes perfectly with earthy keys that ground the track, showcasing that Travis isn't the only one that's broken here, and that the world is just a consistently dynamic and off-putting place. 
Beach Harness reminds me if someone put Beastie Boys scratches and drums over the top of a video game track. The muted trumpet is really inviting, and the track offers a very sunny, warm moment that stands out from the more dejected feeling rest of the album. Even with no vocals here, Beach Harness stands as a testament to Ugly Mane's great ear for samples and production work. The track Headboard has been floating around for years, and once again it makes an appearance here. I know for a fact he put this track out on the first part of his three-sided tape project, but I think that the version here is a uh, like 19 at the Wave remix, which was put out earlier this year. I much prefer the original recording and mixing, but the song's core is so good that I can't help but sing its praises here as well. Headboard probably is one of my favorite Ugly Mane songs across any of his projects. One of the singles, Into a Life, follows up Headboard, and I find it to be one of the most uplifting tracks on here. Travis is singing in some of his upper register, which I enjoy considering most songs on here see Travis singing at the same comfortable, but kind of underwhelming vocal range. He doesn't really go much higher than than what he sings at normally. It sounds like he's singing to a once significant other after they reach out to him after a while of no communication. And from Travis's lyrics, he's been struggling, but hearing this person's voice makes him want to take steps to recovery and get better. Not only for their sake, but for his own. At the end, he sings over and over, I want to get back into a life where I know you. Porcelain Slightly is a pop-pump closer in which Travis accepts his insecurities and just learns to deal with them. A track where he's the most front and heavy in the mix, like he's just trying to take it on the chin and move on. He learns that he can't run away from his problems, everyone is fragile, there's always going to be stuff that shatters you, you just have to maintain composure and move forward. In the end, I can easily say that given how varied and mixed this album is, there's bound to be something that everyone can enjoy. Ugly Mane's combination of hip-hop-based guitar loops and drums with Indian emo songwriting DNA has cooked up an album that I've returned to time and time again this year. Most of the songs are enjoyable, and when they hit, they really hit on all musical fronts. Ugly Mane is kind of a hard dude to relate to, and here I'm not really sure I can echo his same sentiments in his lyrics, but his music itself draws me in to where I can enjoy each aspect of the album without really knowing what he's talking about fully. Z Loopers, Van Gogh's left ear. After listening to Z Looper's 2019 album Dino Might, I was blown away by his narratives and performances in just a 20 odd minute project. Tracks like JJZ, Easter Sunday with Earl Sweatshirt, and my personal favorite, Bigger Than Me, led us into the childhood of Z Loopers growing up in Detroit. In fact, I originally thought that Z Loopers would find home among contemporaries like Earl or Mavi. But looking back at it, I think Dynamite was kind of the outlier, and I see now that Z Loopers really has no contemporaries. Maybe Danny Brown, founder of Bruiser Brigade label that Z is signed to, is kind of the closest thing, but as Danny has sobered up a little bit in the past couple of years, both in his music and lifestyle, I think Z Loopers has kind of been past the torch, so to speak. Van Gogh's left ear brings this manic heat that Danny has been in charge of for a while, while also carving out Z Loopers' own identity in the rap scene. I was starting to be underwhelmed with Z Loopers after he dropped three mediocre to all right albums in 2020. While there's some highs to these projects, for the most part, it feels like Z Loopers sticks too close to already traveled material. I was going to skip Van Gogh's Left Here because I was disappointed with Z Loopers' previous output last year. However, in the end, I listened to the full thing because I was intrigued by the tracks Battery and Bash Bandicoon. Both felt like Z Loopers was going completely off the rails and setting course for the loud and experimental. And in the end, while not as consistent as Dynamite, Van Gogh's Left Ear is one of the most wild and ambitious albums I've heard this year. Z Loopers comes off as a fringe outside character in hip-hop, similar to that of Little B or Space Ghost Perp. 
This album is an overload of ideas. None of them stick around for too long to become too grating or uncomfortable. While this album has some mixed results at times, and it sure isn't for everyone, I think Z-Looper's hysterically trying to push the envelope makes for one of the most notable albums of this year. The opener battery is just Z-Looper's rushing lyrics over this blaring horn sample that completely blinds the listener. At just over a minute long, this track implants itself into your brain and leaves an unforgettable first impression, followed by Van Gogh's left ear, which has a more stable instrumental but even more outlandish verse from Z-Loopers. It feels like he's just spitting out syllables without ever connecting into any words. He's able to throw a track with a relaxed instrumental completely off its equilibrium. Then Paranormal Snaptivity pulls some weird audio illusion by sounding like it's consistently speeding up, only made more uncanny by Z-Loopers' clenched nasally delivery. Once you think the track has reached a mind-melting peak with the hook, Quaddy Diesel and RXK Nephew come through with even two more hyperactive and unsteady verses that make you just sit in awe of what you're listening to. I think part of why Paranormal Snaptivity works is because Z-Loopers was able to link up with these two guys, these two rappers that just make completely insane music as well. Just I've listened to some RXK Nephew and... He's got this alter ego that he raps under sometimes named Slitherman that stabs people. <laughs> I think he meant to put Slenderman. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> He's just really tall. <laughs> no, wait, that's uh, PMB Rock. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to him? Zillippers kind of splits this album into two separate parts. On the first half, we have these really unhinged tracks where Z is just spitting nonsense, but the tracks go so hard you just have to nod your head and agree. On Battery, he says, Warn my pen when I write my wrongs. Going so hard will want to fight my songs. <laughs> and then each and every moment, he says, They want me to catch my flight. I peeled the skin off my back and made a kite. <laughs> I just can't overlook things like this. Each and every moment has some of the best one-liners on this whole project. And one of the most grandiose beats. I think this could easily be the new NFL Monday Night Football theme song if it had anything remotely to do with football. <laughs> Halfway through the track, it becomes super bass-boosted, and at the end, the whole track wavers with these distorted kicks, almost like it's gone so hard that it's ripping apart the fabric of time and space. Bash Bandicoon, in theory, should be a nerdcore track, but Z-Loopers and Danny Brown rapping over the soundtrack to Crash Bandicoot. However, the sample is only used to build an overwhelming environment. There's really no other connection to Crash Bandicoot, just this falling string of keys looping itself, sounding like the instrumental could fall for infinity. It's not even the most iconic melody of the song, and Danny Brown and Z-Loopers are perfect for this instrumental, just going completely absurd. It's hard to explain, you just have to experience it. And that falls suit for a majority of this album, you kinda just have to experience it to truly understand how unhinged it is. Starting around the track Crying in the Club, Z-Looper starts to sing a little bit more, and the instrumentals lose some of their scattered qualities and mellow out a little bit. The track Andrea Bocelli gets one of my few criticisms on the album. For the most part, I think I enjoy this track. Z-Looper sounds really strung out, singing this hook that I could easily hear Post Malone on. And he also says he's smoking that reggaeton, but I think it's funnier if it's rigatone, like rigatoni, because <laughs> Bocelli is Italian. <laughs> That's what I thought he was saying. I don't know, some innovative ideas here. First NFL so. Monday and Night Football and now that. Z Loopers, if you're listening, I, I want to help you out. <laughs> Well, he might. He saw our last review. He did, yeah, he I guess. Did. 
Bocelli, uh, here we finally catch glimpses of Z-Loopers' personal life. He's talking about performing at some early concerts and nobody wanted to take him home, so he had to walk through the streets of Detroit. But just as the track starts to pick up steam, it just kind of fades out into nothing. Like, literally his second verse just fades out completely. Right when he's in the middle of it, like, his lyrics fade out as well. (laughs) Fortunately, that momentum is picked up immediately with Dedicated My Life. This track has a more traditional sample in a sense and is more soul and R&B inspired. Z just lays out these incredibly smooth verses and the whole track just comes across as really nostalgic and bright. Dedicated My Life brings a lot of the sentimental qualities that were on Dynamite. Z Looper sounds just like he's smiling on the track, having the most fun that he can. The soul sample just allows Z Loopers to hop over the track, creating one of the most fun moments on the album. Later followed by Satellites, which is one of the more normal cuts on here, sounding similar to his track Hideous of a Gremlin. A soothing orchestration leads to Z Loopers resonating on what it takes to be a visionary, how his imagination and creativity leads to his success. And that shows across this album. The boundaries that Z Loopers breaks with his performance makes this album unforgettable. As the album closes out, we get some more wildly inspired tracks. Remote Island takes a Soldier Boy style instrumental, and Z Loopers does his best young thug impression over the top of it to pretty good results, truthfully. I might actually prefer this track to a lot of stuff that Young Thug has been releasing recently. <laughs> Bad Man takes on more of a blues angle, calling to mind images of a bunch of outlaws sitting around a campfire singing about their lives. It's so different from anything else on the album, and that's really saying something given how much of a mixed bag this album is. The transition into Satellites is flawless, and these two tracks should have probably just been combined into one cut. Vincent already talked about this track, but it's extremely smooth and soothing, which is especially welcome given how nervous the majority of the album can make you feel. Overall, I think what helped Z-Loopers make the jump from last year's efforts into this year was the length of the album and songs. Unlike albums like Gremlin, I feel like each track on Van Gogh's left ear is able to breathe and develop on its own. And as funny as Z could be on some of those projects, the payoff of developing his tracks is being able to cram more crazy statements and instrumental changes into each track. Because of these changes, even after a whole album, I'm still left with a hunger for more because no idea gets stale. Even with ideas that may not work as well sonically, I still can't criticize them for being boring, so to speak because everything has time to just continue to develop on its own. Well, I'd say that just about wraps it up for this episode of the Anthony and Todd Show. I hope you enjoyed our reviews, and I hope you're looking forward to our end-of-the-year list coming up here pretty soon, because we're at the end of the year. We're getting pretty darn close. Yeah, this, well, the time come, this comes up, it's Thanksgiving week, so I guess it is. Uh, end of uh, year. Nope, it is Skanksgiving week. Be on the lookout. <laughs> oh. For our Jeff don't, Rosenstock. Don't say. I don't just say said it. Secret. I just said it. I'm going to be eating my checkerboard turkey. <laughs> it's probably poisonous. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm going to be drinking Surge all week. Oh, that's even crazier. You're going to if you want to follow the Anthony Todd Show on social media, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Anthony and Todd. You can find us youtube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd Show. I have a new album out, Layer Effects, songs to inspire creativity right now on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Tidal, which you can stream Tidal. right now. Yeah, Jay-Z's paying me directly so in pocket. Nice. Yeah, it's very nice of him. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Vincent Short. If you want to follow Trevor on Twitter, it's at Alistair McCallus. But until next time, guys, I've been Vincent. I'm Trevor. And see you, boys. Bye, everybody. Watch out for the volcanic 
bird enemy. Oh god, there he is! Goodbye! Goodbye. 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 Thank you. Goodbye.